Welcome back, Wrench Nation. Frank and Susie hanging out with you every Wednesday right here from the East Valley Institute of Technology. I love the East Valley Institute of Technology, and I know you guys listening do too. There's all kind of skills classes happening here, and we talk about the shortage of mechanics. That's, uh, well, they're proving that wrong here. They're putting out actually some great future technicians and uh, it's an honor to do this show here. I remind you guys to get on to WrenchNation.tv. Uh, you guys can k- check out uh, some past shows. Susan, we always talk about some of the great guests that we've had in the past. And uh, we're honored to take that journey with our crazy mechanical maniacs that hang out with us. Yes, we do, Frank. We have some great, great, great shows. I love doing this. Have I told you yet? I know it's like therapy. It's like a little mechanical therapy every week. We, we always say that. People think we're nuts, but it's true, man. It is. And you know, when we get the feedback from our listeners, that's even cooler. Yeah, it is. It is. And you guys have been awesome. Uh, Wrench Nation Facebook and uh, Twitter and Instagram. You know, we do our best to uh, get some information. Uh, I just came back uh, from the big expo. Uh, we, we landed... Uh, in D.C., we had the whole Washington Redskins Stadium. Uh, big shout out to uh, our sponsors, uh, one of our sponsors, uh, Parts Authority. They had their yearly expo, and it was crazy. It was a Lollapalooza. I mean, I thought I was at, at one of these uh, rave concerts that my daughter goes to. <laughs> it was all kinds of stuff. I mean, they had over 200 vendors, uh, distributors, manufacturers, and it was really cool. It was a good vibe, and they were out there celebrating the automotive technician. Nice. Did you get to see any uh, public figures while out there? Well, we had, there was like, wash, I mean, I've been out of the sports thing. Dude. Right, I mean, right. I, had, I mean, there was a few Washington Redskins players, uh, you know, signing autographs. Nice. And, but they had like, they had neon people on stilts. I mean, like I said, this was like a rave <laughs> or something. So Susie, what is shaking in your world, girl? How are things in the garage? What is, what's uh, shaking? Things are good. Things are great. I'm loving it. But you know what? I've got a really cool story for our Chevy enthusiasts. Ah, uh, because I think we're, we're talking something like a we Chevy. We got our today. We, we got, we're going to introduce the show topic after, uh, what, what do you got for the Chevy enthusiasts? Well, the Chevy enthusiasts, you know, Chevy's coming out with a new brake rotor. Really? Are they yeah. re- what are they, reinventing the wheel? Well, their patent reveals the strangest brake rotor ever seen. This rotor is actually going to have the Chevy bow ties little, in it. A little branding. I'm telling you, yeah. So they even said that it's going to be really interesting to see who has authentic Chevy rotors wow, and who has stamping. aftermarket online rotors. So they the aftermarket can't do that then no so this is gonna be exclusive trademarked stuff you can't mess around with that yeah so chevy's taking it to a whole nother level with branding you think ford would go that way put a little motorcraft oh you know it i you know i wonder why they they didn't do that from like from inception look at a picture of this i see that oh on the face it's not on the hub of the rotor it's actually on the face of the rotor there's a bow tie that's right the chevy bow tie could you imagine going to a car show uh, you know, or even like a swap meet style car show uh, in the future, and and people are checking checking each other's cars out, and they go right to the brake rotor. Wait a minute, you ain't got the bow tie on that. Well, I, you know, it, it's amazing uh, with the the way technology is moving and grooving. Uh, there's many uh, ways to stamp your brand. 
Uh, we talk about technology all the time. One of those ways is uh, the data in your vehicle. Right. That's a big deal. In fact, I, I remind you guys, uh, we've mentioned this on Facebook, Your Car, Your Data, uh, the Auto Care Association is, has this movement. If you guys don't know, um, your car has a lot of data. The fact is, though, who owns the data? Yeah, there, there's like a best practices right now. There really isn't. Has that any been revealed law. yet? It, you know, it's in. It's. I wouldn't even say it's in legislation because right. right now I don't know what's happening in DC. Nobody but, does. You know, when you talk about the data, well, like when we plug into Bluetooth, right? Yeah. I mean, all that data is is out there. Well, we're talking about there could be someday. Uh, could you imagine this? The one dollar car theory, right? That's floating around, right. which uh, essentially says, you know, if you Susie want to buy a car, you could buy it for a dollar. If you allow me, Joe or Jill manufacturer, to advertise to you, track where you go. So if you go to the dry cleaner five times a week, I know this. And then I can advertise dry cleaners to you. Okay, I think that's a smart I mean, idea. So that's that, that type of data. Yeah. And then, of course, the security stuff. I mean, right. we, we, we put a lot of stuff in our cars, our contact information and all kinds of stuff everything is like app based right so the car is basically a rolling smartphone and so when i when i hear this story about chevy bow ties on the face of a brake rotor i mean i'm thinking to myself like how do you even resurface something like that could you imagine in the shop like we're gonna we maybe could resurface and then mess but all you have is a bow now not the tie half a bow or worse yet we stamp it with a ford logo or something we want to mess with chevy uh i will tell you guys this uh this show we're we're honored to have uh a gentleman that's uh in the corvette Hall of Fame. Right now, the C8, that 2020 Corvette, which is, uh, man, that's a gorgeous vehicle. It is gorgeous. And not only gorgeous, but that sucker's got some serious, serious horsepower. What it's doing in the first 60, uh, uh, running 60, like three seconds, 60 miles an hour. In three seconds? Less than three seconds. Wow. So that's a big deal. The mid-engine mount of the engine situation there. That's a big deal. So uh, Mike Yeager, uh, who is one of, he's an amazing cat. The guy's one of the leading, I'm sure he's got Corvette logos on his pillows and his, I mean, he is the (laughs) Corvette enthusiast and he's a name in the business because the man was uh, inducted to the Corvette Hall of Fame. So we are dedicating this show to Corvette. Now we've oh, done nice. shows in the past. You know we've had. You know we've talked about the Cheetah, uh, which was the Cobra Killer. Um, that show some time ago, right? And of course we got the big. Uh, I believe it's Craig Jackson, uh, Barrett Jackson. They're going to review. Last year was the Toyota Supra, yeah. and you know I think Craig. You know Craig is always doing something over the top, but you know <laughs> he's got to sizzle it out. But we're going to have. Um, an amazing show uh, diving into the history of the Corvette and and really representing the Corvette enthusiast. Mike Yeager is a champ. He's also owner of uh, Mid-America Motorworks, so he's going to join us. But I, I do want to give out, we try to give you, look, the, the show's not driven for car tips. Like, we're not taking calls, seven calls a minute on car tips, but we try to drop you some information about what's happening in our garage that hopefully can help you. And so here we are. Halloween is coming, people. It is October, and you guys are getting ready. But there is another situation of a critter that is also getting ready 
to live and destroy the innards of your ride. And when I say destroy, we're talking about buku money just hanging out. And Susie, can we tell the people what this time of year and even here in the desert, like we're not, you know, we're not extremely cold. Although we are. I mean, if it drops to 80, we're putting jackets on. We're oh, cold. no way. Well, yeah, it's you, feel great. It, it feels does feel great. No, I'm, I'm, I don't know. But anyway, October is that transition for guess who? Guess what? Those rodents, those squirrels, those pack rats. <laughs> and we see them in the garage. I mean, the way it goes down is we have somebody that'll call us. Hey, listen, I have a horn that goes off randomly, and uh, my wipers just want to work when they want to. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, we'll bring the car in. And certainly what we see is evidence of pack rats. You sure they're squirrels and not raccoons? Because it is Halloween. They could put a mask on and trick us. <laughs> well, they're, they're tricking you because you're thinking, well, because the common, the common thing that folks will say, which... You know, we, we don't laugh. We try not to. I mean, oh, we respect. Oh, gosh, no. But they'll say, I think I just got a bad fuse. Or relay. Right. Like when, so when folks call in, they go from fuse to relay. Now, if you said relay when you call in, what you're really telling us is, okay, wait a minute. I'm more technically inclined. Right. Because fuse is like, you know, basic. But you said relay. When all reality, you've got Charlie the rodent. <laughs> hanging out in your engine bay so all of you listening now i want to call this to attention and i know some of you are laughing because you're saying well phoenix nothing ever happens like that we get that up in north dakota the rats but it happens man and i i just i'm trying to help you guys avoid the situation with uh what could be thousands of dollars of damage to your wiring harness and that why now some of you are saying, well, these pack rats, they're hungry. Well, not necessarily. They don't look to damage your ride because they're hungry. They're looking to gnaw down on those long teeth. That's right. They grow like six inches a year. That's right. So what's interesting is the manufacturers over at least the last 10 years, they've gone from crude oil-based interiors. To happy, environmentally friendly, <laughs> cornstarch and sugars and all kinds of... So your interior is enviro-friendly, but boy, those pack rats, <laughs> really. And so they, they get it, and then they like the color, the color of wires. So how do you avoid this? Yeah, it's a great question. It is. I mean, I'm surprised they don't have a rodent app where you're... <laughs> before you go to sleep, you buzz your car and, you know, one of those ultrasounds, yeah. uh, you know... Just- do to them right there's a couple of ways i mean there have been people on the internet um i've heard everything from uh mothballs okay now i'm not rolling with mothballs in my ride yeah i mean if i was single it would make your car smell could like you a imagine seer. going on a date and your date goes in the ride and your car smells like mothballs <laughs> well honey i'm trying to avoid the pack rats <laughs> i mean that to me is not practical right Mothballs, yeah. What's the other no, solution? They, well, mothballs is what they say. Only? And no, I've heard of people. Now, some people will get traps, but that's no, not, that's inhumane. I don't want to no, wake up one morning that. and on the passenger seat is a bloodied up. Let's not do that. No, I don't think. But some people would. Okay. I mean, some people would would go that route. Now, one of the more practical ways, and I think that's safe, is peppermint oil. 
Peppermint oil. Yes, I've heard that. What's the name of this oil company? DoTerra. See, DoTerra, if you're listening right now, you need to come out with some pack rat peppermint oil. I think DoTerra would sell those. Hey, I got a solution. <laughs> I'm going to put a statue of an owl in my engine. All right. So I don't know if that's going to work, Susie. <laughs> <laughs> Don't owls feed off rodents? Well, you a little miniature owl on the dash with it. You want one of those like the one that shakes with the I, solar? I would love that with like an old Hawaiian tiki owl with the shaky. So, if you guys are in that climate, which most of you are, including us desert uh, Phoenicians, be aware of it because this is the time of year. Now, what you can do, and you should be doing this anyway for cats. Cats will kind of crawl up and look to get comfortable, is tap the fender. I think tapping the fender is good. If you park outside, there's a high risk. If you live next to open land, a farm, ranch, what right. have you, you, you probably are going to have a visit with Charlie the rodent. Right. And so avoid it. You can use the peppermint oil. Uh, some of the other things they talk about is cedar wood. I'm not sure what this is about, but human hair. Yeah, I've never heard of that one. <laughs> <laughs> that, that seems like that's a material to make a nest. I I would say that's hashtag right? fake news. I don't. Could you imagine if we told our customers, uh yeah, just take us, uh, cut your hair, save it, put it in that cabin air filter area." I'm not seeing how human hair would do that. I don't either. All right, well there you go. There's your tip, man. Be aware of those car rodents. Uh, we're excited to bring you uh, an amazing individual, Mike Yeager, with uh, Mid Motor. Mid-America Motor Works uh, in the Corvette Hall of Fame. Mike has been a Corvette enthusiast. He lives and breathes the Corvette line. We are going to bring on Mike Yeager and uh, journey back in time a little bit and also talk about, I know a lot of entrepreneurs are listening, how did Mike start off Mid-America Motor Works and talk about how uh, well, from a small business perspective, how he overcomes some of the challenges. So I want you guys to stay tuned. It's all about Corvettes on Wrench Nation. I saw your picture hanging on the back of my door. Won't give you my heart. No one lives there anymore. Bolt-on Technologies, automotive software solutions. Auto repair shops that have bolt-on technology software provide customer vehicle condition reports including photos and text real-time digital reports multi-point inspections estimates and repair information at your fingertips info at boltontechnology.com Welcome back, Wrench Nation. Always a pleasure to hang out with you guys every week right here from the East Valley Institute of Technology. I remind you guys, get on to WrenchNation.tv uh, or catch your, well, on the favorite podcast player, Spotify, iTunes, we're all over. So if you kind of dip in and out of this show, uh, you can catch us uh, on your favorite podcast player. And a big shout out to KFNX, our Saturday morning listeners. You guys rock. I know some of you out there mowing the lawn and you stop for a minute and say, oh, that Rich Nation show is on. I got to see what they're up to. So we are always, always honored to uh, spend time with you guys. And of course, if you have any car questions, uh, whether you call us down at the 
garage or get on a Facebook. Uh, we're here to serve you. Uh, this week, uh, we've got Mike Yeager. Mike Yeager bought his first Corvette in 1970 when he was just 20 years old. And, you know, Mike saw something there in his neighborhood. There was no Corvette club. So why not? He said, I'm going to start one. And as that club grew, he made the observation that there wasn't a place for a Corvette fan to actually purchase Corvette merchandise. Go figure. Uh, to remedy that, he bought whatever he could find that related to Corvette and started making it available at events and shows. Fast forward uh, many years later, Mike Yeager, Mid-America Motor Works, has grown to be one of the online leading places to get all your Corvette parts. And now I understand, Mr. Mike, welcome to the show. Hey, good morning. You know, just continue on, Frank. I, can <laughs> I was going to say, I said, now I understand you are also, I know we're talking Corvettes, but I got to let the people know we got a lot of Volkswagen family out there. You're also uh, presenting Volkswagen parts and accessories. We do. We cover the air-cooled cars from 49 to 79. Wow. That's a very, very active market. It is. Uh, Susie but, Mike, I, you saw all this at the age of 20? Yeah, what were you thinking? Because most 20-year-olds are, you know, we're... Out being uh, riff-raff. Yeah. <laughs> well, I have spent 16 to 20, early 20s, playing in a rock and roll band, so I got all that out of my blood and got serious. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it was something that... I I mean, you bought your first Corvette, and you wanted to perhaps buy a few things for that Corvette. Was it difficult during that time? Was it true? I mean, we didn't have the internet, obviously, but it was hard to find parts. Yeah. You had had to search every car magazine, make a lot of calls, and you'd get one item here and one item there. And quite honestly, I started looking at it and saying, if I could buy a bunch of these items and offer them at one source... Uh, I can go to Corvette shows, make money, and... That's a recipe. (laughs) That is a recipe. Yeah, no doubt about that. So we got to ask you the question. Susie, uh, we're we're curious. Uh, Ford Mustang was out. Chevy Corvette was out. What made you decide to jump into Corvette? What was tickling your fancy for Corvette? Oh, influence of older brothers, uh, freedom... Obviously, the movie or the TV show, Route 66, that freedom, that wanderlust, American right. horsepower, girls. Do I need to go on? Ah, well, you know, I mean, that's, uh, and speed. Speed was and a big speed. deal back, yeah. I mean, it still is yeah. today. Um, of course, we mentioned uh, for a segment that uh, new C8 is incredible, and we're going to get to that. So you're at a point in your life where, you know what, I'm going to jump into Corvette. You come from a big family, and you mentioned your brother's they were a big influence on you, or you're the youngest, yeah? I'm the youngest. There's seven boys in my family and two girls, nine of us. Wow. Wow. I could five see. of my older brothers have all owned Corvettes, and obviously growing up in the, the 50s and 60s, uh, I was around an older brother restoring, another brother chopping and channeling, and I got the car bug when I was about 12. And uh, when I was... Um, 13, one of my young, or older brothers bought a Corvette, and I'm thinking, oh, my God, this is the coolest vehicle I've ever seen in my life. They were and cool. Yeah, they still are. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they still are. The door there, the rest is history. You know, influence of older brothers. You know, at 16 in the 60s, 
getting your driver's license was the biggest thing in the world. Yeah. And then to have a cool car, America's sports car, a two-seater. So you could only have one person with you. And that's either that spatial best friend or, you know, the hottest chick in town. <laughs> that, <laughs> or any other town. <laughs> yeah, it's not like we buy these nice cars for hot chicks, is it? No. <laughs> well, you know, what comes to mind, uh, before we dive into Mid-America Motorworks, is Susie and I talk about this on the show a lot. We got a lot of car enthusiasts. And if you guys listening, you know this, that like that bug that's hit you has often been from the Influenza family. But, Mike, what do you say, like, today... I mean, we hear these reports that, you know, some of the like kids are not as rampant with excited to get their driver's license or, you know, they're apping everything. I mean, do you see that? Do you see a transition where, I mean, I don't want to say car culture is dying, but what do you? Well, I obviously with young children, being around young children and grandchildren, I see the uh, the visual side of it, but I also see that spark in a kid's eye. You know, it's our responsibility as as, uh, gearheads, if you will, is to put those kids in our car. Let them climb on them, stand on the seats, whatever. I've taught more people to drive a stick shift than you can ever imagine. And I give them two options, a Corvette or a Ferrari. And let me tell you, when you you give a kid a chance to learn to drive in one of those cool cars, their eyes get wide open. And and I like to think... uh, you know, you imprint someone. You start a 12-year-old, teach them how to drive a stick shift. I mean, you know, that's the uh, Gen X anti-theft device is a manual transmission. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, I know, you, I know like uh, kids like my daughter, uh, I mean, you guys need to come up with a manual five-speed app or something. Right. How to drive a stick. You know. But no, you're right. I mean, it, it's, a, it's a lost art. And, and if you're listening and you're behind an automatic and have never driven a stick, so much more fun to drive. Oh, Heck my goodness. Yeah. But some would say the paddles took the place of that, you know, too, you know. Well, you know, I've got a paddle shift in my Z06, and I have to tell you, I can't shift as fast as that car does. So even with the paddle shift, uh, you're still better off in automatic yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, it's changed uh, yeah. changed up a lot. Uh, Susie, your first uh, sports car. Talk to us. I mean, did you? It was a 1970 Camaro. Oh, no. wow. Yeah. All right. I loved it. It, was a, it wasn't a manual. It was an automatic, but I could live with it. Yeah. Do you but find, see, you know, yeah. If you look at Camaros, that's an aspirational vehicle. It's a step up to vehicle. And, you know. I, I hate when I hear that they're, you know, they're going to discontinue a Camaro, so yeah. to speak, because that's the car that you get into and you get into performance and sporty cars and the next the next level up is Corvette. Uh, actually, it's a funny I, I, story when I bought the Camaro because I bought it actually to go to the prom, and I remember buying it. It was this ugly silver oxidized, and I went to Earl Scheib, paid my ninety nine ninety nine, got it painted white <laughs> in high school. <laughs> in high school, you know, you did good. You know, yeah. Susie, I, I I think I love you already. <laughs> you know, a girl that buys a Camaro to go to prom instead of a prom dress has got to be you know a heartthrob uh, of every guy out there. Yep, because I wore my sister's dress. Her, her <laughs> hidden. Her hidden gearhead, yeah, no doubt. Uh, let me ask you, Mike, why, why do you think the Corvette is considered one of, if not the, American sports car? Well, you know what? Think of it. From 1953 to 2020, 
This is the longest running nameplate of any car, any model of a car. Rich tradition. Bourbon is the longest running nameplate of trucks. Corvette is of cars. And up until the 2020, it was always America's statement of front engine, rear wheel drive, sports car. And they stayed true to that. You know, they've changed in 2020, obviously, to a mid-engine, but for uh, 65-plus years, one statement, one car. And I I think that's important. When I look at Mustangs, as an example, that car had a couple different versions of who am I? T-Bird, who am I? Corvette has always been one chain of thought, high-performance American sports car, period. Was there ever a time in history uh, in the early days where GM thought, well, the Corvette's been out a few years, it may not stay with us, or was GM really like, boy, we're onto something from the early days, this is going to be a mainstay? Tell us about what they were thinking back in the day. Well, I can't tell you what they were thinking, but history has taught us that in the uh, early late 80s, early 90s, there was definitely a consideration of, killing the brand Corvette. And had it not been for the general manager at Chevrolet, Jim Perkins, uh, there would be no Corvette today. In the 1992-1993 era, Jim uh, appropriated some budget money and built the next generation of Corvette, which was served 4B, a proof-of-concept car, and when Chevrolet discovered the money was not in, in balance, so to speak, uh, it forced Jim's hand to expose the next generation Corvette. It was approved, and the idea of killing the brand ended, and we had the C5 Corvette. Pretty simple. Right. So it, it was either sales were down, and, you know, it's a low-volume vehicle. You know, the billions of dollars that it creates is a drop in the bucket when you look at General Motors' total line. And if you've got to cut budget, cut a, a couple factories out or a factory out, Corvette's always had been a target. Now it's the uh, crown jewel. It certainly is, and it, it is uh, fascinating that GM somehow, some way, and I think the answer to their their fan base, if you will, sometimes manufacturers lose track of that. They do have to make sure numbers are in line, but when you're building such an enthusiast following of a brand like that, I think that would have been a huge mistake if they oh, would have said goodbye. We all agree. I mean, uh, the the aftermarket drives the whole auto industry. And quite honestly, when you see the auto industry getting into the aftermarket, that's scary because creativity comes from the guys and gals that are out there that that say, this would be my perfect Camaro Corvette. And they, they make an enhancement to it. And then that enhancement makes itself its way to, you know, the aftermarket and, uh, that doesn't always happen at General Motors. They've got a lot of rules and regulations to follow and, and government compliances. And when, when you throttle back that enthusiasm, I think that's a very, very slippery slope. It is. It is a slippery slope. And, and I, uh, I mean, there is, I don't think there's a single person listening that would ever walk away from an opportunity to at least drive a vet or own a vet. I mean, when we get the phone call in the garage 
In fact, I have a, an email over the weekend, Mike, that the individual has a Corvette. He's really tied in to sort of the love affair. Uh, there's some deep family history of others owning it. Corvettes are that way. I mean, they're passed on, you know, and I'm not saying other lines aren't, but as a manufacturer, you can't discount that. I have a question for you, Mike, regarding uh, 63 model year, uh, roughly, I believe the Stingray was introduced. Was that a big deal for Corvette by way of model change? Because that was very distinctive in the tapering rear deck and the split rear window. That was a big deal. You know, you think of evolution and corvette has always been an evolutionary car but then every so often model comes along that is just absolutely revolutionary the 63 corvette was the 68 corvette the 84 and then the 80 uh nine, the c5 the 97 car right and now the c8 car i think c6 was and even somewhat c7 were evolution uh, but the 63 was just such a revolutionary, iconic, you know, from the split window to the independent rear suspension. I mean, Zora had that car dialed in from the get-go. Yeah. What year was it where they came out with, like, a boxy-looking one? It was, like, a 20th anniversary edition or something? When you say boxy, you're talking yeah, about the back? Or? Yeah, it was, like a, it was, like, almost like a boxy look. I, I'm trying to think of the year. Do you know of that one, Mike? Well, I've never heard of Corvette. A boxy. Like a boxy, yeah. like a 20th no. year anniversary? No, it wouldn't be. I mean, they've always had more of that aerodynamic. Okay, I got to yeah. look back because somebody was asking me what year that was, and I, I couldn't think of it. Well, what you had that stayed around for many years was the the rear taillights and the four ovals or circles. I mean, that was another Maybe signature. Maybe that was, yeah. Yeah, but it wasn't boxy. It wasn't boxy. Okay, I'll have to Oh, look. yeah, well, when the C7 came out, there was all this flap about, oh, it's got Camaro taillights, and the oh, Corvettes yeah. always had two round taillights, and that was a big deal. And then people got in it and drove it, and they forgot all about the taillights, because it's a phenomenal car. Right. Speaking of phenomenal, um, you had started this business many, many years ago. Before we cut to break, uh, I want folks to know right now, where can they find your website? If they own a Corvette and need parts, what's the website? MAMotorworks.com. Okay, Mike, we're going to bring you back. We're going to dive into the business side of Mid-America Motorworks and something neat that you do every year to celebrate your customers, your clients, your community. Uh, It's a pretty well-known car show that you do out there. So we're going to bring you back. Stay tuned. Ranch Nation, next. Parts Authority Auto Parts Superstores, nationwide locations. You know, one of the problems that I can have working in my garage is parts aren't delivered on time. The quality isn't there. Well, guess what? Who's yelling at me? My clients, and they're likely not to come back. Well, the Parts Authority Auto Parts Superstores, amazing service, knowledgeable counter folks, a complete line of original equipment, parts that our customers deserve. If you are an installer, get on to partsauthority.com, check locations nationally near you, partsauthority.com. Welcome back, Ranch Nation. Susie and Frank hanging out with you guys. We are diving into a little history of, well, what we found out is one of the most 
well, popular and longest-running uh, staples of GM, and that's that Corvette. And, of course, a lot of you excited on that new C8, that 2020. We're going to talk about that, but we're honored to have Mike Yeager uh, of Mid-America Motorworks, where, in fact, you can uh, pick up your latest uh, need for a part or accessory for Corvettes and also Volkswagen air-cooled. Uh, so, Mike Yeager, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Frank, Susie. Let's go. Let's do it. Yeah, and so, well, let's go. <laughs> let's did you go. Did you realize you were going to the Hall of Fame and uh, the Corvette Hall of Fame in 2018? That had to blow your mind away. Oh, you know what? When you start a business, and I started this business with $500 and just that uh, desire to be around Corvettes and Corvette people, and you never have the concept of, I'm going to be in, I'm going to be famous, I'm going to be in the Hall of Fame. You don't do it for that reason. And as the years went by, I was involved as uh, on the board at the National Corvette Museum. I was chairman of the board. And when they create the Hall of Fame, you have this idea as you go, gee, wouldn't it be wonderful? But you never think that you deserve it. And quite honestly, when I received the phone call, and I knew I was going to receive a phone call, and I knew it was coming from Wendell Strode, and I kind of had an inkling of what it was all about. And as executive director, when Wendell told me that uh, my name had been suggested and selected to be in the Hall of Fame, I couldn't talk. <laughs> so even <laughs> though even though I kind of sort of knew what was coming, I, I was just struck with emotion. Yeah, I mean, think about what our career is, and then think to be recognized by your peers and selected as someone special. I mean, I'm Midwest. I'm just who I am. I'm one of the, you know, I'm a car guy. I'm a Corvette guy. And this happened to me. Wow. And it's like, oh, wow. Well, you've distinguished yourself, you know, and I think through you're right we don't we don't do what we do as as sort of small business owners and entrepreneurs it's always tied into that that service experience for our customers no matter what we do we could be making widgets or basket weaving if you're doing it true blue at the end of the day it's for the people and i could i could see that mike although that must have been a nice award ceremony so tell us about that corvette (laughs) hall of fame and if you guys are interested corvettemuseum.org you can check that out uh mike you're up there you're ranking up there with some serious heavyweights peter brock uh uh, Mr. John Greenwood, uh, from, in fact, Bert and John Greenwood uh, from Greenwood Racing, uh, lots of folks. And so here you are in a room full of, uh, you know, alumni. Were, did you have your eye on anybody particularly that you had never met before that you said, man, I got to talk to that guy? Well, yeah. you know what? I've been doing this auto thing for 45-plus years. Your Rolodex is huge. I hear you. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and... <laughs> I'll be honest with you. One of the uh, most pivotal books that I had ever read uh, was uh, Corvette America Star Spangled Sports Car by Carl Ludwigson. Tremendous writer, researcher. And I had met person after person after person, but I had never met Carl. And he was someone I just wanted to meet because his book really, really added fuel to the fire for my enthusiasm for Corvette. And I was sitting at all things at a Porsche convention. 
And I looked over my shoulder. I'm going, oh, my God, that's Carl Ludvigson. So I wrote a note and just said, Mr. Ludvigson, I've always wanted to meet you. And I slipped it over to him. And uh, after the ceremonies were over, we met. And I'm thinking, this is the coolest thing because growing up in the late 50s and 60s, and by the way, I've not grown up. I've just gotten older. Uh, <laughs> we like that. <laughs> You know, to think that I'd have someone like Zora Duntoff stay at my house, Larry Shinoda, uh, Dave McClellan, the second chief engineer. I mean, all these people that you read about and hear about, and I'm going, oh, my God, I know them on a first-name basis. And then to get into the Hall of Fame, and when I look around at the people that's in there, Bill Mitchell, Zora Duntoff, just on and on and on, I'm going, oh, my God. You know, it's one of those things that you can, in secret, you can say to yourself, this is pretty cool. Uh, you can't really, you know, that's not something you brag about. This this is such a sincere, such a special honor. I mean, it's it's pretty overpowering. And it still is today. People will, you know, I'll be introduced and someone will say that it's in the National Corvette Museum Hall of Fame and they start clapping. I'm thinking, Wow. Wow, this is so. I'm so fortunate. I'm, I'm blessed. I'm lucky. I mean, well, well deserving for sure. I mean, you've uh, lived and breathed, and not only that, but you're you're helping many people. That and let's face it, if they've got uh, an older Corvette uh, or even a newer one, they're looking for parts and accessories. You started this company. It was a five hundred dollar startup that With passion and desire, passion and desire. And how do you go from five hundred dollar startup? What was taking place back there in the day? Because we didn't have the internet. That's what makes this pretty special, Susie. Like, internet yeah. different, but how did you... You must have hit a lot of car shows and swap meets to build that name. Oh, mercy. We, we would do 45 to 50 car shows a year, sometimes two a weekend. Wow. You just go to them, you meet people, you get names and addresses, and we... Yeah. At one point, we were mailing over 6,300,000-page catalogs a year wow. to the Corvette industry. That's a lot of postage and a lot of a lot of catalogs. And, you know, it, it it's not an easy business. It seems simple, but if you go back over 65-plus uh, years of Corvettes, coupes, convertibles, and makes and models within, and then rights and lefts, there's a lot of parts out there. We're over 80,000 parts. I was going to ask you, and yeah, it how much, yeah. Wow. just more and more difficult because now people buy body panels and they want them painted body colors. They buy, you know, under the hood dress up items. And, you know, like if you look at C6, there's 23 colors. So if there's 20 items under the hood that come painted and there's 23 colors, that's uh, 460 items just to have one of each color. Wow. So the inventory side has become just staggering. It's a lot of logistics, um, and you have a great team there. When you moved into what is now a beautiful facility, warehousing, and, of course, we're going to get to You've got your museum there. We're going to talk about some of your collection. Um that had to been a happy day for you because here you are traveling the country, hitting. I mean, you still do. You're very present uh, at a lot of these shows. Tell me your thought about: Was this something that you built, uh, or did you take over a warehouse and just 
kind of customize it for Mid America Motor Works. What'd you do? I bought five acres, built a seventy two hundred square foot building. Fast forward all these years, we're now on one hundred and seventy acres with uh, about one hundred and fifty thousand wow. square feet. Of Did building. you say one hundred and seventy <laughs> acres? What do wow. you got? A cattle ranch? What? That's a lot of parts, man. <laughs> we have a Corvette ranch. Come on, guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that the Corvette ranch. We need to tagline that, Mister Mike Yeager, the Corvette ranch. <laughs> that is amazing. Um, and so you, at this point. Um, would still have room to grow because you've got 170 acres. Possibly, well, there's, maybe. There's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of room here. A lot of buildings, a lot of flat land, and uh, you know, Susie had said it earlier. Passion. Our our tagline is pursue your passion here. Corvette people are very very passionate about their vehicles, and uh, I think that passion just spurs so much enthusiasm corvette you go to a corvette show and corvette people are unique but when you when you net it down car people are all alike they do the same things they race them they restore them they drive them they idolize them i mean and we fundraise i have to say that uh we're always proud of of many of our guests from a craig jackson to to a lot of nhr drivers drivers have been on one thing we do as an automotive community is we are able to show up and raise some money. We got to talk about your charitable side. I mean, you're just, you're selling lots of parts, but tell us about what you're benefiting out there in Illinois. Oh, uh, yeah. Thank <laughs> you. Uh, we are involved with the St. Jude Corvette Drive. Nice. And I've been involved with it for three years. Uh, each year, we have about seventy-five to eighty Corvettes that raise almost a quarter million dollars a year for wow. St. Wow. Jude's. And my goal is over the next five years is to take that to $2.4 million. And I estimate that's about 800 to 1,000 Corvettes to do it. That will take care of one day of operations at St. Jude's. So when you think about when a catastrophic illness affects a family, obviously the child has the illness, but the devastation to that family uh, from finance to emotions to the family unit. And then you think about going to St. Jude's, and the moment that child gets there, that family never sees another bill. So from the worry standpoint, the concern, the focus is on the child, and St. Jude does it better than anyone. I'm, I'm so passionate about what St. Jude does, so... Thank you for asking. You know, I, I did, because, uh, and I mean that sincerely, many of our listeners know that we... We tied in at least every other show that, uh, in fact, I would probably say every single one of our guests. Every show, yeah. I mean, we've had Vidita Singh, who is the princess of Burwani from India. She's an automotive artist. There's fundraising in charitable elements of what, well, her whole family's doing. And so I think it's important uh, to bring that up. Uh, We do it in the garage, uh, you know, during the year. There's several big events. And I think that is an absolute principle to the humility. I think that when we talk about my car culture and the future of that, one thing that will never change, actually I would say two things, is one, creating the spark in a youngster's eye, which you do very well, Mike, with all the things that you're doing, and number two, 
getting them so hooked and addicted to where they have this car enthusiast passion for the build. It becomes a hobby on steroids where they can meet like-minded people. And guess what? I'm going out to this show, and it's not just about highlighting my ride, but it's also to raise some money in our communities. And I get stoked on that, Mike. Sorry, I had to put that out there. I, you know what? I have, I have two thoughts of mine. Car clubs are wonderful. We probably support just shy of a thousand car shows a year. Wow. And when you look at the headlines of every car show or the sub headline, it is to benefit some charity. Isn't that wonderful? I mean, from local community events to national organizations like St. Jude's, but car people do that. Yeah, they do. And I, I think that's wonderful. Just well, absolutely stellar. You, uh, you've done a lot of things now. In 2018, you're at the Hall of Fame there, but you didn't stop. You, you had to somewhere along your path, you created something special for the Corvette enthusiasts by way of the calendar. So you have all of these days of the year, a little vacation here and there. You said, you know what? I am going to do something special for that Corvette and all its beautiful people. What did you do, Mr. Mike? Well, you know, this started in the uh, around 2000. We created a program called Drive Your Corvette to Work Day. And if you think about it, there's Take Your Kid to Work oh, Day. Fun. There's all these things. So we did the Drive Your Corvette to Work Day. And that was really centered around so many people uh, trailer their cars. We go, man, one day a year, June 30th, which was the day that the first Corvette rolled off the assembly line in Flint, Michigan, we thought a significant day should be honored. So we started the Corvette Drive Your Work, Drive Your Corvette to Work Day, and out of that spawned the idea that uh, I'm somewhat politically active, so I got a hold of our local uh, U.S. congressman and said, what about getting Corvette recognized as uh, on June 30th, and lo and behold, February 7th of 2008, Congressional read into the congressional records. Uh, June 30th is National Corvette Day. Well, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Bravo. Yeah. I mean, I can think of all kinds of national days. And so if if, uh, if you don't know, now you know. It's June 30th, National Corvette June Day. June 30th. All right. Yep. So if and I, then you're supposed to drive your Corvette to work that day. Yes. That was Friday closest to. I love that. I love that. I mean, I, I think this is another deeper level of celebrating <laughs> yeah, is. Uh, Corvettes. And so um, I have to ask you, and many may be listening, you've done an amazing job uh, with Mid-America Motor Works. In fact, I remind you folks, MAMotorWorks.com, all, all your Corvette gear, parts, accessories, and the question is, Volkswagen. You just said, I'm going to start doing air-cooled. Now, out of all the manufacturers that you could pick, why Volkswagen air-cooled, Mr. Mike? <laughs> Pressure of an older brother. <laughs> ah, well, it's a family my, business, isn't it? <laughs> you got it. One of my older brothers in Florida uh, had a business called Sunray Bugs, and it was a restoration salvage yard. He had over 1,000 Beatles and several hundred buses and other, uh, you know, air-cooled Volkswagens. And he said, man, you need to look at this market. It's every bit as active as Corvette. And he's right. So wow. 
you know, just that peer pressure of older brothers and cars, and we were looking at how do we expand our our reach, uh, the knowledge of the marketplace, and leverage that, and we selected air-cooled Volkswagens. Well, that Great is group of people. another iconic brand of lifestyle. I mean, I think it's beyond just uh, four wheels and let's even go I'm going to go fast four wheels. It's a lifestyle. Yeah. Well, I, I think that I consider myself in the entertainment business. We help people <laughs> enjoy their cars. I love it. And, I love it. And you think about it, everybody enjoys their car differently. Some want to drag race. Maybe you want to take it to Bonneville. Maybe you want to take it to the prom, Susie. So, you know, <laughs> we like to think however you enjoy your car, we want to help you enjoy and have that entertainment of a cool car yeah well i don't know too many parts accessories outfits uh that are celebrating by way of a fun fest mike i want you to stay tuned we're going to bring you back to the last segment we're going to talk about this Lollapalooza that you created out there uh the fun fest i want you guys to stay tuned wrench nation next Parts Authority Auto Parts Superstores, nationwide locations. You know, one of the problems that I can have working in my garage is parts aren't delivered on time. The quality isn't there. Well, guess what? Who's yelling at me? My clients, and they're likely not to come back. Well, the Parts Authority Auto Parts Superstores, amazing service, knowledgeable counter folks, a complete line of original equipment, parts that our customers deserve. If you're an installer, get on to partsauthority.com, check locations nationally near you partsauthority.com I came from the mud desert on my hands welcome so back wrench nation don't forget to get on wrenchnation.tv sign up for our weekly newsletter oh, and no we are not selling penny gone. stocks to you man <laughs> we're just taking you on a journey with some fascinating automotive guests as well as highlighting the positive good works in our industry and to complement that on this week's show we have mr mike yeager of mid-america motorworks welcome back mike oh it's great to be here you guys have got me all charged up this morning it's gray and overcast here but you put sunshine in central Illinois. well i'll tell you what we mean it when we all of our guests know no matter if they're uh well we had the palestinian drift right. racer from dubai she was on everyone knows if you're ever down in the uh our little phoenician neck of the woods you always have uh well a nice drink a tour of the garage and some automotive goodness, man. And we appreciate okay, all you do. I, I drink, <laughs> I drink gin and tonic, and I'll be there at, at uh, Barrett Jackson. So I'll, be, I'll, I'll be, be there. We did media for Barrett Jackson. Uh, we're hopeful, uh, Mr. Craig Jackson. Please let us in that media room again. We really like that. <laughs> we had a blast there, and uh, we're hopefully lining that up uh, for for the next. Uh, you know, we have a little media room, and we we get to hang out, and we would love to follow up with you on that. In fact. Uh, maybe talk more i know with this is pretty much uh, all things corvette but love to dive into more volkswagen stuff because there's a huge huge contingency of volkswagen folks out there uh that hang with the show uh mike you you uh you cannot be in the enthusiast spirit of things and not have a collection which then turns into a wonderful museum that you can share with people you have a nice museum happening over at Mid-America Motor Works. 
Tell us about your collection. Tell us about well, the collection. <laughs> we we call it my garage, a play on my initials. Oh, my yeah, there you go. There you go. And really, I've always kept Corvettes, but in 1988-89, we were a series sponsor, partnered with General Motors, uh, Goodyear, and Exxon on the Corvette Challenge. And at the end of that race series, I bought two Corvettes, an 88 and an 89, and said, I'm going to start a collection. And, and those cars were the basis of uh, what we now consider the My Garage Collection. And it went from race cars, and I started off with... Uh, just nice cars, original cars, and uh, in 2002, out at uh, the RM auction in, in Scottsdale, I sold my collection and started another collection. And then I sold it off in the last four years and starting to rebuild another. So I'm really on my third collection. That's awesome. And my second collection centered around, like, Bloomington Gold, NCRS, caliber of cars low mileage original cars and one day i was in the museum and i heard someone say oh it's just a such and such corvette it's nothing special and i thought holy crap that's a that's a 54 corvette with 1900 miles on it it's not restored it's original that's special so, yeah. yeah that's that low was, miles yeah yeah, no kidding. No kidding. That was kind of the the poke in the eye to go out and look at really unique cars. I have a 1989 Corvette ZR1. They didn't produce that car for consumers until 1990, so it's a wow. uh, it's a pre-production uh, pilot car. Got it from Lotus in England. Uh, we own Serve 4B, which was the uh, proof of concept car I spoke about earlier that Jim Perkins had built. We own the Alpha and Beta C5 Corvettes, shop-built cars. You know, the black cars and the cars that we see with the camouflage on them. So I really started going out and saying, I want one-off developmental, experimental cars. A little harder to find. <laughs> um, so my collection is free. It's open to the public. And I probably have, I don't know, thousands of pieces of memorabilia that I've collected over the years in the hobby and my walls. There's almost some background showing on my walls. <laughs> <laughs> you, got a lot of you know, it came it's, to mind while you mentioned this collection. If, if you're coming out, you, you're doing Barrett Jackson, I got to somehow get you introduced. I don't know if you know Bill Oxier, who um, works uh, restoring the Cheetah. In fact, he's had uh, run, I believe, at both Russo and Steel and uh, Barrett Jackson. But he's out here in Glendale, Arizona, and I know he is in the business of restoring that Cobra, that basically, the Cobra killer, I should say, is right. the Cheetah, which I know there was some history where GM pulled the plug. They said, no, we're sticking with the Corvette. And But I'd like to get you, if you don't know Bill Oxia, he's an amazing guy, an incredible uh, restoration individual. I, I'd love to try to get you guys connected. I would I would love that. Yeah, I mean, you so know, car people are car people. The the You know, I've been blessed so much in this Corvette hobby of the people that I've met, the collections I've got to go and see, and, and the behind-the-scenes. I mean, 
I always tell everybody, if you want to know what the most fortunate person in the world looks like, I just give them a picture of me. There you go. There you go. Uh, well, you know, it's, it's the humble, humble attitude is great. However, let's just face it. You're not humble about that fun fest because you go over the top on that thing. <laughs> tell us about the fun fest. What are you doing for enthusiasts? I hear there's thousands of people coming out to this fun fest. What are you doing out there? <laughs> well, you know, this started... Uh, you got me really excited now, Frank. <laughs> this started on our 20th anniversary. We invited people in from the surrounding states, and we had 300 people show up, and or 300 Corvettes show up, and about a thousand cars. And everybody was enthusiastic. Said this is a small town festival. This is fun. So we kind of contracted that and said we're going to do it next year. We're going to call it Fun Fest. So from that first year of 300 Corvettes up to 26 years later, we've had years that we've had over 10,000 Corvettes here, 30,000 people. You know, we have people, celebrities within the Corvette industry come in, do seminars. Our great suppliers come in and demo their products. We do installation on site. Uh, My favorite part, as an old rock and roller, every Saturday night to end the Fun Fest, we have a classic rock band, and that's free to our customers. It's a thank you party for the business that they do with us throughout the year. We've had the Beach Boys here, REO, Three Dog Night, the Guess Who, I mean, on and on and on in rock history. So well named. Man, you're yeah. not only connected in the automotive, but man, you're connected in the music land. Yes. I can't wait to meet you, Mr. Mike Yeager. Over gin and tonic. <laughs> Over a gin and tonic. I've, <laughs> I've got a pretty good collection of guitars signed by all the bands that have been here. And, uh, you know, there are a lot of car guys. I mean, Dave Amato, lead guitar player for Ario's on his sixth Corvette, he just bought a new ZR1 convertible. And uh, interesting, I asked him the other day, he was buying a radio for his 72 Corvette. And I said, so Dave, when an REO song comes on the radio, what do you do? And he said, I turn it down. I play that music every night. And I thought, <laughs> that's, that's, cool. that's a cool deal. Yeah, yeah. All right, so I've got to ask you before we uh, we cut loose. And boy, we could spend another several hours oh, with gosh, you, Mike. Yes. And, and again, we hope to, to meet you. Certainly, we'll, we'll line up Barrett Jackson. Um, you're cruising by yourself. You're getting away from the world. You have one of your collection pieces, possibly. Where is your favorite place to go cruise with your vet? Well, it would probably be uh, in the mountains, on winding roads, that solitude of mountains. I'm a convertible guy, top-down um, sometimes you turn the music down, even though I'm a music lover, you turn it down and you just listen to the sound go by. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm passionate about my family. So my wife would be by my side and, uh, that's what I'd do. I'd be out, whether it's in the, the great Smokies or the Teton, I'd be someplace in the mountains. Love in the Rockies. mountains. That's, you know, the freedom, the freedom, the feel. Man, woman, and machine. Corvette, an iconic platform. The 2020 has created a ton of buzz. Before we let you go, Mike, your thoughts on that C8 and that mid-mounted massive machine uh, that's putting out some amazing horsepower. And and, in all reality, the price point has an average person. You don't need to buy... The Lambo, 
Well, you could. You don't need to buy the Ferrari, although you could. We're not knocking those platforms, but boy, oh boy, that C8 is ranking with some yeah, high-dollar investments. I've sat in one. That's as far as I've gone. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, if you think about what are we going to do to the car, well, until you own one, until you can get one on your hands. I mean, every tuner I know is dying to get one. Oh, yeah. Say, I mean, if you thought the Supra was a launch, I mean, yeah, I can't wait. Come, come. well, the minute it hits. Uh, in fact, I'm excited, Susie. Uh, Mr. Craig Jackson has, uh, I think he's doing some highlight to the uh, 2020 that is going Every year he does a car that he goes does, to yeah, charity. Yeah, he features one, yeah. He features, like last year was the Supra yep. uh, unveiling. I so wanted to lift that up. I Man, know, security I know. Guards. I was like, oh, Craig, let me get a sneak peek. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Mike, you're a rock star, man. We appreciate you. We want to uh, just remind folks, man, if you've got a Volkswagen air-cooled or any year except the C8, uh, <laughs> need for Corvette Parts and accessories, Mr. Mike Yeager, MAMotorworks.com. Thank you, Mike, for joining Wrench Nation. Thank you so much. Frank, Susie, thank you. You rock. Thank you. Uh, As I tell you every week, man, be safe, hug each other, and never forget to hug a mechanic.